Welcome back, friends. Today we have episode 86 for you, and we have entitled it Preparing to Launch. So we are talking about getting our kiddos ready to leave the nest, go explore the world, and be the great, amazing adults that we dream of them being. Actually, however, this name might be a little bit misleading because while we are talking about how to prepare our kids to enter the real world, it's not just for parents of teens or young adults. Instead, it's for every single one of us that has kids of any age because it's never too early to prepare our kids for the life skills and educational tools they need to be amazing contributing members of society. So if you have kids and you want them to turn into great adults, then keep listening for some great tips on how to prepare our kids to launch. Hello and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. Welcome back, everybody. Today's episode is a going to be a fun one as we talk about leading our kids into adulthood, teaching them, like wrapping our heads around it, and then also learning how to teach them the skills necessary to launch from the nest, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so if you want to prepare your kids, like your kids are getting ready to leave home next month and you're thinking about it, them leaving home, it's kind of too late to prepare then. So like Bonnie yeah. said when we were preparing for this episode, she said, you know, not I don't know that we necessarily have that many people in our audience with older teens getting ready to leave home, but the point is that you don't wait until then to prepare your kids. Right. Too little, too late, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to start off just with a funny little mom moment. Um, so I know this has probably happened to you, Audrey, uh, before, but my kids have all said some pretty hilarious things about what they're going to be like when they're adults, right? Specifically what they're going to be like when they're parents. Um, and so the funniest one for me is, and, and most of my kids have done that, said something like this in one form or another, but a, a child recently said, when I grow up, I'm not going to have children just to be my slaves. I'm going to have them so we can be friends and I'm going to give them what they want and make life so much easier for them than you make it for me. <laughs> and so my husband and I had a good chuckle. We're like, you are entitled to do that. We can't wait to see how your kids turn out. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to be a slave when they're a parent. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're going to slave, slave to their children instead of, instead of as my children are just slaving away all day long. You know me. <laughs> Poor things. <laughs> So most of us, I think, don't regularly think about this aspect of parenthood, of preparing our kids to launch until our kids become um, teens or older teens. And we're like, oh, do you have all the skills necessary to go out and be an adult, right? But, um, you know, and when kids are very, very little, there's just a lot to think about just in survival and doing diapers and fielding tantrums and everything else. But I think the magic age is when kids become a little bit more independent, but they're not yet teens. So maybe ages six or seven to about 12 when they are old enough to learn life skills, learn, um, you know, relationship strategies, learn all these different adult skills, but they're not yet old enough to like give you sass as a teenager or whatever. So these, these are kind of the years that I think are really, really essential in teaching kids, um, uh, how to become an adult. Yeah, that's right. Um, you you get them through diapers, you get them sort of independent and where they can learn and they can read. And it, it all is kind of part of their education, isn't it? Getting them 
ready to be independent of you. Yes. Uh, and like you mentioned, waiting until their teens is a little bit too late to teach those essential life skills. You're not going to teach much cleaning when they're 17 and already slobs, right? Um, But a few of the other important uh, areas of of teaching and educating your children to become good adults is like emotional coping strategies. What happens when they don't get their way, for example? What happens when a relationship goes awry or um, something doesn't work out the way they expected? Uh, how about self-care, you know, hygiene, um, mental and, and emotional self-care, like we talked about in our own self-care episode, last episode, so much that we can prep them for. Yeah. I think we should just tell all of our kids, just go listen to Outnumbered the podcast and that'll prepare you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to break this episode basically into three parts. We're going to talk about the future. So we're going to be creating a realistic vision of adulthood for each child in them helping prepare them for the future. And we're going to talk about number two, the present. So how we help each child recognize their strengths and weaknesses and learn and adapt, see that vision. And then part three, we're going to talk about ourselves, like, you know, accepting who they choose to become with love and peace and working on those things in ourselves that might become sticking points when once they're adults. And as we go through each of these three areas, Bonnie's kind of going to address like the ideas side of it. And I'm going to talk about like the practical side of how to do each of these things. Yeah. You get me saying, I think this is a great idea. You should, we should do this. And then Audrey will say, sure. And let me show you how to do that practically because <laughs> I've let kids, you know, you've had kids leave the, leave the nest. And so I think that's going to be really helpful. So number one, I want to talk a little bit about, um, creating this future vision, right? And starting with a realistic vision of what we we want for our children. Um, Because in truth, we really don't have that much control over who they become, right? We have a a decent amount because we're raising them, but they're still, they still have their own personality. They still experience their own personal relationships with other people, their siblings, friends, parents, et cetera. They have their own strengths and weaknesses. They have their own talents and skills. And those are the things that will largely determine who they become, we can influence some of that, but yeah, we, so much of who they are is just is just them. We can't control that. Yeah. What we can control is we can give them um, circumstances and experiences and skills needed to develop those strengths and overcome weaknesses and prepare for the challenges of adulthood. But there's a lot that we can't control, and really we don't want to control because <laughs> – because they'll be talking to their therapist about it once, you know, <laughs> once they are adults, they'll be like, ah, oh, you wouldn't believe what my mom tried to control in me, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And we have to also realize in, in that vein that there's a big emotional and relationship transition that happens in the later teen and early adult years, and that is becoming the parent of an adult. And it looks very differently than than parenting a toddler or an elementary school kid. And so we'll get to that as well. But a huge part of that is relinquishing that control. And that's, that's tricky. I think it's a lot trickier than I realize. I'm, I'm already not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's definitely things that um, huge self-revelation that we get like about ourselves as we go through that process, the kind of people that we are. Right. Yeah. I believe that. So I just wanted to share an example uh, of something that I've thought about in regards to accepting the reality of who my kids will become versus the dream. Okay. So now all of us have these dreams and even expectations for our kids and they'll go to college, they'll get married at whatever yours looks like. Um, and we have to realize that not every kid, maybe even most of them will not live life the way we 
think they should or that we expect them to. Um, one example that I have had, obviously I haven't seen a kid leave home yet, but I've noticed that some of my kids have very distinct personalities from mine. We've talked about this before too, right? That Audrey and I are not really motivated by fun. We're motivated by productivity. And so my kids who are motivated by fun, those are the ones that I really have to kind of scratch my head and figure out a way to help them be motivated and inspired to become a wonderful person. And I realize that their, um, their motivation, their, uh, even the final vision of what they are going to become as an adult is going to look much different than mine because, I have completely different, a completely different personality, right? And I have, I'm motivated by different things, et cetera. So that's just one small example of being ex- able to accept your child's strength and strengths and weaknesses for what they are, even if they're vastly different from your own. Yes, I agree with that. It's, um, it's going to make it a lot easier um, to move into that adult, adult to adult relationship with them um, if we just accept who who they are and who they want to be and what they want to do. Um, Okay, so let's talk about some practical prep for the future, um, which starts right now. So lots of times Bonnie and I have talked about um, chores for kids and capable kids and getting your kids involved. Well, all this is because we don't want them to move out and us have to follow them to do their cooking and cleaning and (laughs) things for them. That's just not right. Um, I want, we want our kids to be well prepared for the future. So my kids know how to cook meals. They know how to clean, um, do laundry, chores, care for animals, like the ability to run a household in everything from the financial side of it, um, to create meals, to do a meal plan, to have a clean standard of living. Now, not only do I mean like cleanliness of, of the home, you know, you don't want to live in dirt for, disease reasons, but also a clean standard of living, like, um, healthy choices and not that like that stuff you put into your kids and it's all prep for the future. Um, teaching kids time management stuff, you know, being on time to appointments and managing, okay, I have three hours and I have this amount of things that need done today and just managing time and not being distracted by devices or other things that, you know, when we work with them on things like this now, it, it it is preparation for the future. Like, okay, you can lay on the couch for three hours with your phone in front of your face, but there will be consequences for that because when you move out, there will be consequences for that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, um, okay, things like first aid. So, you know, teaching that kind of thing to our kids. Like, so you you teach them to care for certain needs and assess when certain needs go need to be, you know, taken to a doctor or a hospital or whatever. They're like, this is all things that they do once they move out. Um, clothing, furnishing a home, just lots and lots of life skills that we work with them now on teaching these things. And, and some of it's fun and some of it's like nose to the grindstone, but hello adulthood, right? Yeah, Totally. So it's interesting when you said, you know, the laying on the couch with the phone and and creating consequences, really that's what parenting is all about, right? It's creating this microcosm of the world to safely and effectively teach your kids to become uh, contributing members of society, right? If you allow them to do all kinds of things, um, 
that they normally wouldn't be able to do as an adult without any consequences, then they're going to grow up to be an adult who does those kinds of things, like like being lazy or being late, not being able to manage their time, not being able to clean up after themselves, etc. So I know that that some people put more stock in chores and helping out around the house than others. But I would just suggest this, that when you're teaching your child to clean or to, you know, have these other life skills that you mentioned, Audrey, um, you're not doing it for your benefit or for the household's benefit. Anyone who's tried to teach a young child to do chores knows that it's not very helpful. <laughs> it just <laughs> makes bigger messes, right? But the, in the long-term scheme of things, what you're doing is you're instilling in them the skills to become a successful adult. And sadly, I think a lot of us have forgotten that. And we're like, oh, we don't want my kid to waste his whole childhood working. No, of course not. There should be plenty of playtime. But a child who doesn't learn to work as a child will not just instantaneously know how to work as, as an adult, right? And so every skill we can instill in them as a child will create better habits of success as an adult. And most of us know this. We just you know, we, we forget or we think, oh, well, they've already done a lot of work this week. Maybe I'll just let this job skate or something. Yeah. Another perspective is I did not feel very well prepared in a lot of these areas. When I started running my first home, like I did not know how to run the finances of a home. I had no Mm -hmm. clue. I Mm -hmm. was not good at cooking. I could bake cake and cookies (laughs) and all that, (laughs) But, but there's, like I didn't know how to iron men's clothes and here, you know, I'm Mary man and he has a, a job that needs clothes ironed and obviously he can iron his own clothes, but am I going to go through life not knowing that skill? So like I could tell so many funny stories on myself about things that I didn't know and had to learn, but it really was like embarrassing for me to not know, to have zero clue about the finances of running a home. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, we definitely want to send our kids out there as prepared as possible to be these amazing functional adults because we have given them, like I said, that little microcosm of the world in a safe environment in our own homes. So before I move on to the second part, I just want to share a resource that I have started reading and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's called The Entitlement Trap by Richard and Linda Ayers. If you know anything about them, they are, you know, famous parenting experts and always have some great things to say. But this book in particular is just really amazing. I'm not all the way through it, but it's basically talking about how nowadays um, we parents have a unique challenge in teaching our children to not grow up entitled, um, both, you know, uh, in our society and just culturally there's a lot more expectation of entitlement. So anyway, highly recommend that. A lot of the things that we're going to be talking about today, I have pulled some ideas from their book because it's just a really great one. So put that on your list. Okay, I will. I can't wait to read that one. Okay, so number two, we're talking about the present, right? Um, We're going to help our kids see who they are and who they can become. And this is a really fun part of being a parent, right? To recognize all the wonderfulness that is in your child and all the potential they have for joy, for growth, for learning that awaits them as an adult. This is, it's really exciting to, to look into the future a little bit and, and prepare them for that. Oh yes. I, I love this part of parenting. Like, like I know that my kid, you know, is similar to me in genetics, but I love like when I, when I've had a baby, you know, and looking at the baby and saying, wow, I wonder who this baby is going to grow up to be, what kind of person they're going to be, what their personality is going to be like, you know, all that. And, and it's really, really a neat part of discovering another person. It's not like something I need to I don't look at it like a baby, like something I need to, you know, shape and mold into a mini me, but just like, who are you? What are you going to be? Yeah. 
So I want to add here that many kids don't know what they want to be or do when they grow up. Um, And it can take a long time for them to find this out or figure this out. Um, Some kids know right from the beginning, I know what I want to do. And they, they aim for that. And you know, that's, that's cool. But there's a lot of kids that don't know this. And so um, what we do is we try to make sure they are well-rounded so that they can branch out in any direction. Like they have a good foundation and they can build on that for anything. So, you know, this can be really distressing when kids, when, especially if all their peers know what they're going to do or what they're going to be, um, if they don't know, but they can, they can be well-rounded and that can be a confidence thing for them. So like I could do anything. I just don't know the area that I want to specialize in yet. And then having a skill, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, like that brings total confidence, a hands, hands-on skill. You know, well, I'm just going to do this thing that I can do until I have the vision to do something else. And then also I know many times I've said our Homeschool's motto is learning to learn. So that really gives the kids confidence that they know they have the ability to learn anything. And that opens up so many doors to them because all they have to do is learn. Yeah, I love that. I love teaching them to be well-rounded. And I also want to mention that when looking into the future with your child, to be real hesitant to to close them into any one box, right? Um, it can be very easy to say, well, you're really good at this, so you should look into this area or this area. But really, we don't have any idea, especially not at 12 or 13 years old. We might have some propensity. Uh, they might have some propensity for math or, you know, more right brain thinking or left brain thinking or whatever. But so much can change from, you know, 12 to 22. So um, to really just, yeah, give them that education that's as well-rounded as possible and and give them the world. Like, you can be anything you want to be. What, what sounds interesting to you? What would, what would enable the life that you want? Do you want to be a dad? Do you want to be um, an adventurer? Do you want to be, you know, do you want to learn more about wildlife, be a wildlife photographer? Just any, any, like the sky's the limit. I just love that. Um. And I was going to say that this, looking into this future can be a really fun exercise to do with your kid and multiple times throughout their childhood, right? Not just once. Right. And instead of asking something like, what do you want to do when you grow up or what do you want to be? Um, we could talk about who they want to be, right? And that, that's even more well-rounded instead of like just focusing on the, the career path, but talking about what kind of a person do you want to be? You know, so, so Audrey's mentioned multiple times her 20-year vision that you've talked about seeing your family 20 years in the future, right? What yeah. your relationships look like, what your dinner setting looks like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We can do this with our kids too and just say, think about yourself 20 years in the future. Okay, so you're 32. What do you do? What do you look like? What do you, uh, what's fun for you? Uh, do you have a family? You know, and and so that they can kind of get that idea of, oh, well, when I'm 32, I want to be really fit and strong. I want to be a dad, but I want to be able to throw my kids around so maybe that would foster some really healthy habits right now, right? Or maybe he really wants to travel lots. So maybe he'll start looking into uh, careers that could both support a family and also offer some travel opportunities. So I just love that, letting them peek into their own future and, and prepare for it right now. Yeah, that's where the teaching chores and the education and the relationship skills and all that that I was talking about, that's where that comes into play. Like if they resist those lessons, you can say, oh, well, remember, you know, you have this vision for the future that you want to do this or be this or, you know, have this. And so it, it kind of does have this daily 
drudgery aspect to it, you know, that you have to do this now because you have this future goal that you're aiming toward. So um, we can talk to our kids about things like you mentioned, um, you know, their, their strengths in their educational, like, you know, you really like math. Um, so maybe you, you know, these are careers that people who are really good in math that they like to do. And, you know, talk to kids about their personality type and you can find it online. Um, tons of stuff that somebody with your personality would be really good at or might enjoy this. This is kind of like for a kid that has absolutely no clue or no leading anyway. Um, you know, their love languages can come into play in in what they should and maybe shouldn't do. Um, <clears throat> maybe they have a hobby that um, they want to turn that hobby into a into a career or something they can make money from. And then just like exposing kids to different careers and jobs and people really helps them just see the world open up like, you know, bigger than just, well, mom is this or dad is this or mom does this or dad does this. Like help them just um, look like that's things we can do for them right now. And then also, of course, a discussion of morals and values. You know, if for example, if they really value, say, being in a worship service on Sunday morning, then they probably shouldn't choose a career that would require them to be at their job Sunday morning, you know, for example, and just kind of point them to these different things that might, uh, might make, an, make a difference on where they aim in life. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great tip. Um, you know, something like, well, you want to be, uh, you know, you want to have a family as a mom or a dad or whatever. Um, have you thought that maybe being a, a surgeon <laughs> might keep you away from your family? Like, but what about being a nurse or a pediatrician with normal hours, you know, to just kind of give them, uh, kind of real life experiences to, to plop their values into and go, oh yeah, that would be a better fit or this could be a better fit, et cetera. Um, and I love the exposure to multiple careers. I think that if someone had shown me what it looked like to be an entrepreneur as a kid, I would have been like, oh yeah, that, I don't want to work for anybody, <laughs> <laughs> but I just didn't know, you know, so that's super, super helpful to give them all of that exposure. Um, and along the lines of uh, creating those relationship skills because of who they want to be in the future. So an example might be, you know, my kids start fighting and I'm like, oh no, 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 we don't push and we don't hit, we don't call names because it's not nice. But really, I think, wouldn't it be so much more powerful if you're like, think about your 20-year vision. What did it look like with your sister? Did you guys, you know, laugh around the dinner table? Did you guys get your kids together? Did you guys go for girls' lunches, et cetera? Do you think that hitting and pushing and calling her names now is going to set up a relationship that's going to lead to that in the future, right? And kids don't think that far ahead, but we do because we've seen it. We've seen, you know, sibling relationships go sour or be wonderful because they were built up in childhood. Um, but to give them that perspective is really, really powerful, you know? Yes, that is, that is totally true. And, and such a good way to pull a kid out of the moment and looking for the future. Right. Okay. So practical application of stuff we can do now. Um, this is what we have chosen to do with our kids. Um, and it's just like a really good formula that we have come to, um, to help our kids be right now in the present, be preparing for their future. So what we like to do is we give them a very well-rounded education through high school, like we were talking about. And then um, we have them learn a trade or a skill or hands-on work from about their mid-teens up to when they would go to college. Um, 
this is because, okay, and then, hang on just a second, and then we have them, you know, should they be interested in something, and so far three oldest kids have followed this formula, then they get a college degree, and like we were talking about in um, How to Afford Kids episode, um, we have our we encourage our kids to graduate debt-free so that they're ready to launch into anything. And they have this solid foundation of this skill or this trade, this hands-on work that they can build on. So we encourage our kids both, um, both, you might say, a blue collar and a white collar, that they can do both um, because we don't know what the future is going to look like. And if they only have, hmm, well, you might say if they have all their eggs in one basket, they only have, you know, a degree or they only have a blue collar skill, they, they won't be able to, you know, midstream if they should have to switch to the other. So let's say they have a, a blue collar job and then they get some sort of injury that doesn't allow them to continue in that anymore. Well, then they could switch to the white collar job. Um, you know, another, just a, a couple examples from our three oldest kids. Um, so my son, his, his trade is masonry and, and construction restoration and he's he's got that like he could go anywhere in the world and he could do that for the rest of his life however he is in the middle of his college degree for civil engineering so the two go hand in hand they work great together like he'll be a great civil engineer because he started at the bottom and worked up through the trade but then he has that white collar also that he can use um one of my daughters her her skill or her hands-on thing that she can do is um sewing and so she's she's got that and she actually um during covid she actually couldn't uh get it get a job outside because you know so many things were shut down so she used her sewing skill to sew thousands of masks and was making money that way so just a little example of how she fell back on that hands-on trade because she couldn't you know go for go forward in in her pursuit of her college degree and then another of my daughters has um, another example of a hands-on thing that she does is um, she does sign language interpretation. And so that is like a hands-on thing that she can do and, and use that in many different ways. Um, but then, you know, she's going on and getting a college degree. So just little examples of like there's so many um, artisans or uh, trades or you know, practical things that you that you can do and also the white collar and they can be complementary you know the college degree and the hands-on trade and we just feel like this is giving them a super solid foundation and not all their eggs in one basket Oh yeah. I love that. I'm totally going to copy your idea. <laughs> Send my kid to a, we have an awesome trade school here that uh, teaches so many different things. Then another interesting thing about that is that, um, you know, as we're seeing in this worldwide pandemic that we're kind of, you know, our generation is kind of used to things just running really smoothly. We haven't seen a world war. We haven't seen a depression. We've seen a little recession, but not really anything major. And so as we see this big worldwide kind of catastrophe happen, all of a sudden, our foundation is kind of rocked and we're like, oh, our plans for the future may or may not work out. And what I love about your uh, process of teaching your kids to get this well-rounded education is that in the information age, <clears throat> those uh, college degrees are super useful and very helpful and will get you out there and, and do one of these big, you know, um, well, more well-paying jobs, et cetera. And yet when society starts to break down a little bit, there's a, a recession or a war or something like that. It's those, uh, you know, 
trade skills that come in really handy, like being a plumber, being an electrician, those really, really necessary skills that people need to survive. And so to have both of those is just like totally opens up your, your world to surviving just, just about in any, any sort of world circumstance, right? Yeah. I did forget to say that the order that we do it in doing the trade first and then the college degree enables them to graduate debt free because they make enough money doing that trade to be able to pay for college themselves. So the order is kind of important too. Right. And then by the time they're out of college, they already know how to work because they've already worked at this, at this trade and they have that experience as well. So super cool. I love that. I was going to say that once you get a slightly older child, so let's say uh, preteen teens, you can really use them um, as an example to your little kids of, of becoming a great adult. Now, obviously you always want to, to compliment your children as they, you know, Oh, you learned how to sweep the floor. You're going to do such a great job. Um, you know, as a mom or as a dad, because you're such a good sweeper and you can say that to your three and four year old, but as you get the teens that are really helping out around the house, be sure to draw attention to that, to the other kids as well. And even to themselves, like, wow, what a delicious meal you just made. You are going to be your roommates and spouse and kids are going to be so lucky because you are so good at making meals. And so then they feel great. The other kids are like, oh, well, I want to be a good roommate and a good wife or husband. I need to learn to cook too, you know? And so instilling these life skills early and and paying attention, you know, um, drawing attention to them saying, these are the skills that are going to make you a great X, Y, Z, this, this person that you want to be when you grow up, let's develop them. Yeah. I want to add a final thought on this part that, um, for the present, um, give them the assurance that no choice they make has to be permanent. Like how many adults do you know that feel like they're stuck in their career or their job or their, whatever they're doing? So if we, yeah, so if we can instill in our kids now that they can change anytime they want, they, in fact, they should always be learning and changing and growing and adapting. And just because they're doing it today does not mean that's what they have to be doing in next year, five years, 10 years. Like they have the skill to be flexible and they can, so you, so you hate your job. Okay. Start looking for a new job, start learning a new skill, start, you know, getting some more education, whatever you need so that they're always able to yeah, able to change and grow and, and nothing has to be permanent just because you've decided that this is what you're going to be or doing and you have the skills for it. Just give them the freedom to be able to change. Yeah. I love that. You know, and uh, if you look at like our parents' generation, they were expected to go to trade school or college, settle into a career and be there for 40 years right? And the, the world just doesn't look like that anymore. And I think it's so powerful and so um, freeing to say, oh, so let's say you get into a job that you hate and, and, and all of a sudden you can evaluate it and say, oh, you know what I hate about it? I hate that it's a desk job. I didn't realize I was going to dislike being at a desk so much. What can I transition to where I can use some of the same skills and education that I have, but it won't be tethered to a desk, right? Wow. So powerful to make sure that they can always be happy and satisfied in doing what they, what they love. Okay, so our final portion is number three, which is uh, focused focused a little bit more on ourselves as parents, right? And accepting who our children become with love and peace. So tell us about that, Audrey. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, 
So I think that my life is the perfect ideal. Like I would love if my daughters could, like we're in a one income family and I get to stay home and raise the children and manage the home and have a garden and do this, you know, this little job on this, run this little entrepreneurship on the side. And I love that. And I feel like it's perfect. Like that would be awesome for, for my daughters too. But I want them to be prepared to be able to support a family and a husband and a home. And having a one income family in the future might not be, might not be an option. Um, so I, I want my daughters and my sons, I want my children to be prepared to be able to be flexible and to shift and to change and to support their spouses or a family or a home or whatever, whatever they're doing in life so that they can, um, yeah, it's not like I feel like I'm lacking in education or skill or any of that. Like I, I love my life. I think it's perfect, but I do want them. I don't know what the future is like. And so maybe what I'm doing now wouldn't be perfect for them in the future. And that's kind of, so like this formula that we've adapted with a round, well-rounded education and then a trade and then a higher education. I think all that is something I've had to come to accept so that they can, they can be prepared for whatever's coming in the future. Yeah, you know, it's so easy for us to expect our kids to have a similar life to that we had, you know, and to prepare them accordingly. But we really have no clue what the future is going to hold for them, for us, for, you know, the world, what careers are going to look like, families are going to look like, et cetera. So um, while I don't have experience with older teens and adults making life choices, I, I think we all know what it feels like to have kids want things differently than we do. Like even as young as two years old, no, I want to wear this outfit. No, we want you to wear this outfit, whatever. Um, and so seeing a kid make quote unquote mistakes, whether we think they're mistakes or they really are mistakes, you know, um, or just different life choices than what we would have chosen is, is a struggle. It's probably the number one hardest thing as a parent because you want them to be happy and, and certain things have proven happiness for you in your life. Doesn't mean it necessarily always will other than those, you know, basic moral principles that we teach them. Um, but the difference between parenting a two-year-old and parenting a 20-year-old is that there has to come a point in their life where you stop that constant correcting. No, you have to do it this way. No, because all of a sudden you don't know better, right? Like generally we can all agree that we know better than a two-year-old. We can teach them what's going to bring them happiness, what's going to bring them satisfaction, less pain, etc. But we don't know the right path for our older adults and young teens and we have to trust them to make those decisions for themselves and we also have to trust that they're going to make mistakes and we just have to face it and deal, deal with it even though it hurts us to watch it do you think that's true Audrey yeah yeah that's that is true um you know you asked me to share some tips for going from a correction parent to an acceptance parent and I don't I guess I don't know if I would even phrase it that way because I don't feel like I parent my adult children. Um, for me, it's more of a friendship with them. Like, and I don't know exactly what point it, it switched from parenting them to, to being their, you know, a friendship relationship. But I do know that that's a healthier relationship. Um, so what, what I do, I think it was just kind of a gradual, gradual change, you know, as they became more independent, I became less, parent it, parent <laughs> and more friend. I don't know how to put it, but okay. So some, some things that um, helped me was to keep a vision of that future friendship. So when I am 
um, parenting, you know, my 10 year old and they're being super annoying. And, you know, I, I have this urge to just like crush their little spirit because they're so annoying. You know, I like keep, (laughs) keep in mind that future friendship. Like, I don't want this, this person to grow up and just not be able to have a friendship with me because of the way I've treated them. Yeah. Resent me. Um, and then another thing I would, um, suggest with older teens is just respect their, their growing adulthood and then their adulthood. Like it is a little awkward when you have younger kids, younger teens, and then adult children. And they're like, well, how come you treat my older brother like this? And you don't treat me like that. Well, your older brother is an adult and you are not an adult, (laughs) but just respecting Mm -hmm. the adulthood of, of that child and not jumping in and doing the parent thing. Um, and like, Mm -hmm. I try not to give my adult children advice unless they ask for it. Just like a friend, you know, you wouldn't give your friend or your neighbor down the street. Hey, um, you know, I saw you doing this and really, I really think this is a better thing (laughs) because that's not a friendship. They they wouldn't be friends for long. (laughs) No, no. And then, you know, if my adult children do ask me for advice, I have the total, um, I have accepted completely that my advice does not have to be taken because I was their parent at one time and they did have to take my advice. But now that they're an adult, um, they don't have to take my advice. I'm really super happy that they ask for it and glad to share my thoughts and ideas on the matter. But they're an adult. And, you know, I have the confidence and I, I would suggest this for people with older parents with older older teens and adult children just have be confident that you prepared them well and like don't take on blame on yourself oh they're behaving like this because I raised them like this but have confidence in yourself and give them the freedom to make their own choices now that also means giving them the liberty to make their own choices and deal with their own consequences because you might have advised them differently but here comes these consequences with that and that's the way the cookie crumbles because you're an adult and that's the way adults go through life. Like, I guess my biggest piece of advice is change to change my thinking and not try to change their life. Like be in control of myself and not try to be in control of them anymore. Once they're, once they're this adult person. Oh, so good. I'm going to give you a standing ovation now. (laughs) You know, I love what you said about the relinquishing the control and also relinquishing the guilt, right? Like the more we try to control our children as they get older, the more we feel guilty when we see them make mistakes, but that's not our job anymore. When they become adults, we let go of that control. And we also let go of the guilt, I think of saying, Hey, I I did the best I could. And now it's up to them. And I'm going to sit here and love on them no matter what they do or who they turn out to be. Um, and, and I think that by showing that love and acceptance for whoever your child becomes, um, it can, it could really give us some needed peace. Uh, and like you said, letting go of that expectation to always control them. Uh, And maybe we'll even get to change some of our own perceptions of what makes a person successful, right? Or a good person. Sometimes we think, no, 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 if you don't do X, Y, and Z, let's just say, take college a college education, for example, so many of us want that for our kids. It might not be the best choice for every child. Um, and maybe if we can just love and accept them for who they are, if they don't go to college or do whatever the, the thing is that we've expected of them, we can still maybe even change our own ideas of, oh, wow, look how happy and successful and 
and, you know, just joyful they are in life. Maybe a college education wasn't the right choice for them, or maybe it was, but they're going to figure it out, right? To just be able to show them so much, so much love and acceptance. I, I love everything you said. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I do try to still keep that, you know, 20 year vision going, even with my adult children. So in 20 years, I'll be in, you know, I'll be 60 and you'll be 40 and you'll have children and you'll be in my shoes and I'll be in, you know, the next generation shoes and like, what do I want our relationship to be like then? And, you know, looking, looking forward, looking at my grandparents' relationship with their adult children and, and just trying to model on good, healthy relationships and just keep that, that 20 year vision going the whole, my whole life, I guess. Yeah. Always looking to the future. Uh, last thing I wanted to say is I remember in a previous episode, you've talked about how uh, we each get two chances at that parent child relationship. One as a child and one as a parent. I think that even when we don't have the experience of raising teenagers or adults yet, we still have that experience of being raised as a teen, as an adult. And we can take a lot of that and, and, and use it in our relationships with our child. What did we love about it? What did we hate about it? Is there things we want to change? Are there things we want to do the same? Um, and so we do have, a, we all have a little bit of experience in that regard. Right. Um, and we can, we can put that towards treating our children with, uh, the most respect and, and love and friendship type of uh, relationship that we can. Yeah. Yep. That's true. So we hope this, this episode has been helpful to you guys in these three parts, like, um, helping with that future vision and some practical preparation for that. And then, um, the present, like how, what do we do for our kids now and helping them recognize their own strengths and weaknesses and aiming toward the future. And then, and then a, a probably the hardest working on ourselves through all these, all these stages. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for your real life advice, Audrey. I couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm still a work in progress. I'm just, I'm just trying. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at outnumberedthepodcast. We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberedthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. And we're going to... Hang on. <laughs> I have something to say. Oh, my goodness. I know you do. You could do it. <sighs> I swear. Sometimes my brain just disappears. Each of your nine children have a piece of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we've to gotten that off, one I'm... too. Sorry. Yeah, we've to gotten that off, one I too. To... <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut me out. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, go ahead. All right. I gotta stop laughing now. Okay. <laughs>